This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So it is a very exciting time here at Trine University. Basketball's getting uh, has been starting up. Our women's team is getting ready to start their season over the weekend after being at Butler for an exhibition, only losing by seven. Uh, men's team's two and zero. And if you follow me on Twitter, a few days ago I saw that uh, for Indiana high school basketball for the men's side, uh, practice has been starting, and we're getting ready to get, in some, get into some games. And um, this tweet really says it all. I retweeted it from Scott Moore. It says, in Indiana, the start of high school basketball practice is a holiday. Good luck to all 300-plus teams across the state as they begin their journey, along with a picture from the movie Hoosiers. So I want to talk about why Indiana is the uh, state for basketball and no one else can even come close to us. And um, I'm actually going to be... Uh, including some stuff from like ESPN uh, and all that. They have a whole list, but I also uh, just did a presentation for a final in my uh, effective speaking class. And man, that's, it's amazing to say when I, it's amazing to hear when I can say that um, for a final, I can talk about why Indiana is the basketball state. So uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into it. So my um, speech on this was very limited. It had to be four to six minutes. And, of course, I've already hit that mark with just an introduction with all this. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to be going a lot more in depth than what I did on that presentation. Um, yeah, it was it was really weird because, you know, I talk about basketball at least a couple times a week. And um, it's just very weird to be limited to four to six minutes, and it was a tough challenge, but luckily I got it through, ended up getting 100 on the presentation. So, um, yeah, I started out with the Legends, uh, and I decided to go with, like, three um, different versions. of. So I had, like, four topics, and I had three, like, individual things per topic because I thought that would really work out well and get me to a good amount of time. So I started out with Oscar Robertson, who I am uh, wearing a T-shirt of his jersey in Milwaukee. I'm always wearing jersey shirts, if you can't tell, when I'm, if you listen to the pod. But um, Oscar, Mr. Triple Double, what else can you say about him, man? I mean, just weight in the league is unbelievable. Uh, technically born in Tennessee, but went to high school in Indiana. You know that Indiana high school basketball is nothing else compares to it. Um, went to Christmas Axe High School. It was back-to-back state champions, 55-56, under Ray Crow, uh, who I have also wrote about in leadership papers. I just love including all this stuff where in all my assignments I talk about basketball. But, um, yeah, Oscar... It's unbelievable what he did for the game, and it, he's someone that you will never really hear of what he did for the game, especially since Russell Westbrook just broke uh, Oscar Robertson. Not just. It was three years ago at this point, or like four years. It was a long – man, that was a while ago now. 
But, you know, Russell Westbrook uh, topping off uh, Oscar Robinson's 45-year record of averaging a triple-double for a season. And that's really all that people will say about him, but now it's just he's one of the two guys. But the thing with Oscar is that, you know, he goes to Cincinnati, does really good, and uh, then he goes to Cincinnati Royals, does really good. That's where he averages his triple-double in a season. Then he goes to Milwaukee where really good, and then he pairs up with Kareem when he first enters the league. They win a championship in 71, and then, of course, the Bucks win it 50 years later. But um, the stuff that Oscar did for the players is something that no one will touch on. I've, he was one of the first presidents of the Players Association. I believe the first was Bob Cousy, but uh, Oscar did a lot when um, there was a boycott of the All-Star game. All the players were saying, man, I'm not going to play because they wanted securities. They didn't have health insurance. They, like, If you got injured, it's on you, and if you were out, and if you have like a career-ending injury, sorry about you. Should have been healthier. That's pretty much the point of what it was. And Oscar fought for that. And they also fought for um, not uh, having the ABA come in so quick. It was in like 67 or maybe like 68 when they were first talking about it. And Oscar had to tell him, we're not doing this. We're not going to play if the ABA is involved. And then, of course, after he retires in 76, it happens. But, um, yeah, Oscar, not only is he important to the NBA and basketball itself, but for Indiana basketball, that those Christmas, Christmas Addicts teams, and I'll touch on this later, really brought the city of Indianapolis together in a way that um, was almost revolutionary for being in the 50s. And, yeah, Oscar was the number one guy on that team. Then we got Larry Bird, who's the other le- another legend I talked about. I want two players, not a coach. But, um, yeah, man, Larry, come on now. Indiana's uh, favorite son. I He's my wallpaper on my phone. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he saved basketball. I've talked about it many times. But Larry, Larry and Magic together saved basketball. Basketball's not what it is. It's still the same in Indiana without them getting to the league. But basketball is not what it is worldwide without Larry and Magic. So um, Springs Valley High School, uh, <laughs> there's a funny story of him. He, got inter- he went on an interview on Dan Patrick in which – by the way, I love Dan Patrick, man. He, I've I started like listening to him a lot over uh, this past year. Good dude, man. Just absolutely love watching him. And um, he was interviewing Larry Bird, and they start talking about why do you why is Indiana the way it is with its basketball? You know, Hoosier hysteria and all that. And Larry's like, uh, well, you know, all you work for. Is um, this is when it was all single class basketball. When you all work for it, you're all working to get a championship. You want to be like Christmas Axe. You want to be like uh, Indianapolis, Washington. You want to be like all these other teams. And and he said that um, 
I think Dan asked him, well, how far did you guys get? It's like, well, you know, we made it kind of far, but my point guard couldn't hit free throws, and he still gets uh, still gets crap for it. And that's like how important this is, where it's almost like you never forget that kind of stuff. Like, man, really? Free throws? You couldn't hit two free throws for me? And, um, yeah, Larry... Huge ambassador for Indiana, you know, not only for Indiana in general, but he was a head coach for the Pacers and then a general manager for the Pacers. And he's all Indiana all the time, and I love to see it. And then the third legend that I talked about in the speech was John Wooden. You know, he played in uh, Martinsville, right? Yeah, he was in Martinsville. Then he goes on to Purdue to be a three-time All-American, which was the most he could get back in the day because if you didn't know, up until like, I think like the mid-70s, freshmen were not allowed to play varsity basketball. Like they had to have a designated freshman team. And then the other three years he can play. So he's a three-time All-American at Purdue. And then um, he ends up going on to a couple different places to coach, a couple high schools, Indiana State, there for about two years. And then from 1948 to 1975, he goes to UCLA. And apparently he coached baseball at Indiana State. I don't know if that's correct or not, but that's kind of weird. But um, goes on to UCLA. Wins 10 championships. And, not, and it's not like, yeah, he was there a long time, but... Having Kareem there, having Bill Walton there, having all these guys there, Gail Goodrich and um, Walt Hazard, those were like the first two guys that really got the ball rolling for UCLA. Greatest coach of all time. What else can you say? And he was someone that I also wrote a lot about in a leadership paper I had. Just because John Wooden and leadership, his philosophy on everything is so... It's like, how do you come up with this stuff? Like, you know, the whole uh, pyramid they came up with, and you're just like, how? I don't understand how you, how you come up with this. But, um, yeah, John Wooden, huge inspiration on me. Um, one of the uh, – uh, I remember the day he died, and this was like – I remember I went to the John R. Wooden Classic – it was Purdue against Ball State, and that was one of my favorite um, favorite days. That was like one of my first Purdue games, I think. And I was like, who's John Wooden? And I went with my dad, and he started telling me about him. He's like, he's a really good player at Purdue and a, one, of the, one of the greatest coach of all time. Just no other way to say it. Um, and then like a month or so later, he dies. And I remember... I was on the floor. I think I was reading a basketball magazine because I'm so extra with everything with this. But um, I remember seeing on the ESPN ticker going across, John Wooden's passed away, and he was like 95 or something like that maybe, maybe even older, 99. And um, I remember I cried when that, when that happened. Just because I was just getting used to knowing this guy and learning about him. 
And then I, he dies. I, I just cried. And um, when you go to the uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in Newcastle, the whole John Wooden like exhibit there, it's really it's amazing. It's really cool. And uh, it's always something I go to. It's one of the first things you see when, once you go like down a hall and down to the second, like the ground level. There's that's where like all the exhibits are. It's the first exhibit you see. That that's always really cool. So then, um, those are the three I talked about in my presentation. Um, so now. I decided to go into. I'm not going to go through all. There's a hundred people on this list. I'm going to. I'm going to cap it off. Uh, somewhere I'll go top ten, and then if there's others I want to touch on, I'll touch on those. So, um, number one, they have Oscar. Number two, Larry Bird. Number three, George McGinnis from Washington and Indianapolis. Um, big time. Just that Washington team was a really good team when they played in '69, and they were one of. The, I don't. I can't remember. I think they went undefeated. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, George McGinnis, all time very good on the Pacers too. I think that's what really helps um him jump up when it comes to most important players list. He just what he did on the Pacers was amazing. The, those ABA teams where we won three champ three titles in the ABA. And then uh goes on to Philadelphia and does very good there. And then you got Greg Oden. Greg from Lawrence North. I think he's born in New York, but of course, like I said, all that matters is that he played high school in Indiana. Greg Oden was so good, dude. Like, no one, he's the number one player in high school for a reason. Like, no one was touching him at that point. Like, when you go and see pictures of Greg Oden playing a state championship game, it's like him playing against a, against a bunch of fifth graders. You're like, I, I, this kid is how old? This kid's 17, 18. And then goes to Ohio State, it's still great. Gets a little injured there, but, you know, still did very good. Made it, made it to the title game. And then the injuries happen, and I have already talked about this in the bus category of that episode. But um, I will go to my grave saying that Greg Oden was going to be the best center of the of this generation. He was going to blow Dwight Howard out of the water, and when Greg Oden came to lead, that was the height of Dwight's power, 2007, 2008, around there. I mean, Dwight made it to the finals against the Lakers in 09. So, yeah, Greg Oden, definitely number four. And then you got Damon Bailey, who, look, he went to IU. I'm not the biggest fan of him, okay? But, man, he could ball. How many, there's not that many eighth graders that draw enough attention to where Bob Knight comes to your eighth grade game to, to scout you. Like, eighth grade? And he was like National Player of the Year, it seemed like every year. And then his final game, kind of, he's the all-time leader in scoring for Indiana High School basketball, which is huge. He, 
I think second is Deshaun Thomas, and it's like not even close. Or maybe it's still Marion Pierce. Marion Pierce held it for a long time. Deshaun uh, Thomas got close, and I think Romeo Langford ended up like fourth or fifth. But his final game comes. It's in the Hoosier Dome, which is where the Colts played. Like, that's how big, and if, if you want to stop listening now, that's how big high, uh, high school basketball is in Indiana. We play our we played our state championship games where the Colts played in the Hoosier Dome. So then, get to his final game. It's in the Hoosier Dome. It's the largest crowd of a high school game ever. I cannot remember the exact number. It is the largest ever. Just to see Damon Bailey win over Concord in an, in an amazing way. They were down by like five or something, like a minute to go. And Damon Bailey powered his way back. So Damon Bailey, hundred percent. I don't know if he's above Rick Mount though. They have him number six. I understand Damon Bailey all time. Great. When it comes to high school basketball, Rick Mount, I know I've mentioned this about every other podcast, but I don't, I'm going to keep saying it. Rick Mount is the first ever high school player to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated from Lebanon. Come on, man. Look, okay, I get it. He went to Purdue. I am overly, overly biased. I don't care. <laughs> he took Purdue to the, to the championship game only to lose to UCLA, who, by the way, had uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Sidney Wicks, and that was like their f- two of their front court. And you're like, okay, not fair anyway. Um, yeah, so Rick Mount, incredible player. Clyde Lovelett um, did really good at uh, Garfield and Terre Haute. Made it to state championship game to lose to Shelbyville, which is around where I'm from. It's like the next town over. And, he, you know, he went to Kansas, did very good, and then he goes to the NBA, plays for – or, like, NBL – Place for the Lakers with George Mike and all that. I am going to take out Clyde at number seven. I'm going to put in Bill Garrett. If you do not know Bill Garrett, that is who Clyde Lovett lost to in the state championship game. Shelbyville, Bill Garrett. And if you ever have the chance, read the book Getting Open. It's about Bill Garrett and his time at Shelbyville, and also him breaking the color barrier, Indiana. The first player to break the color barrier in the Big Ten is from one of, like, essentially my hometown. I was born in that town, so I'll call it that. And I think it uh, really gets to me more because my great uncle was on that Shelbyville team, and over the summer, my great aunt gave me all these newspapers and just a ton of stuff from that Shelbyville team. I'm so glad that I was thought of when all that was. And then also I got a ton of uh, Indian high school basketball magazines, which are not really magazines. They're like an inch thick. Each of each one's like an inch thick. So Man, I uh, I was honored to take those, and I really wish that Bill Garrett would get more credit. Then we got um, number eight, Glenn Robinson. Just 
absolute animal at Gary Roosevelt, and then he goes on to Purdue to be National Player of the Year and all that. I'm going to speed this up because I know that um, I need more. I have more to get to. They got John Wooden. I already talked about him. And then uh, number 10, Bobby Plump. If you don't know Bobby Plump, let me let me tell you something. And this, this goes into the next category, which was the teams, the best teams in Indiana basketball history. 1954 Milan Indians, everyone. Milan, at this point in time, in 1954, was one of the smallest towns in the state. Just no other way to put it. Like, um, just very small. Now they're like a 2A, which, if you don't know, 2A is the, sec- is the second smallest of schools. The high school I went to was a 1A. Had a graduating class of 30 people. We're a 1A. Milan's <laughs> uh, a 2A. Highest you can get is a 4A, and then the 3As in between that. Um, that's basketball. Football, there's six classes, but now... Anyway, back in 1954, there was only one... It was one class basketball, meaning that every team was playing for the championship. Now they give away four championship trophies, and that was very controversial when it was uh, passed back in the 90s. So in one-class basketball, you got to build your team from essentially fifth grade in order to be, like as Larry Bird said, you got to beat the Christmas Addicts and the Washingtons and all that. Milan, okay, the, the movie Hoosiers is based on this Milan team. And Hoosiers is, it gets the idea of being from a small town going to state championship. But they get it wrong in that that Milan team did not, like, suck, you know? Like, they made it to the state championship final, ended up losing in 53 Hoosiers perceives as if like they haven't been good in since like since the twenties or something like that. No, they were good. So in fifty four, you gotta go out you're going at it again. There's two main guys on the Milan team. There's Ray Kraft, who was my mom's uh principal in high school, and also a president of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame for a little bit. And Bobby Plump. Bobby Plump was a star of the team, although I think Ray Kraft also made the Indiana All-Stars. But Bobby was the guy. So, long story short, they make it all the way to the state championship game. They even beat Christmas Addicts with Oscar Robertson on the way there. And then they get to play Muncie Central. Muncie Central is still the most winningest team in state history. Marion is up there with them, but Muncie Central is unbelievable. They have like eight state titles, or maybe even ten, because I think Marion has eight. So you're going up against them, and Muncie is a just a tough city, just a tough team, and everyone's looking like, uh, these farmer boys are not going to do anything against the city team. So the coach at the time, who is from Morristown, which is the sister school of my high school, Waldron, says, okay, 
There's no there's no shot clock at this point. The shot clock wasn't even thought of until like 10 years later. And it's like, okay. In order to win, we have to hold the ball. It's just the way it is. We're going to hold the ball. And it was still like the final score is like 25, 24, something like that. It was a low scoring game. But they're down one. Or maybe it was a tie game. They give the ball to Bobby Plump. He's going to keep dribbles it, dribbles it, dribbles it. Watching this game is like pretty much all you want to do is just uh, fast forward to the end because the rest of the game is just standing. Get it to Bobby Plump. He makes his move, which is like a half in and out dribble with his right hand. Goes to the elbow and the free throw line. Hits the shot. Boom. Buzzer sounds. Game over. Milan, the smallest team in the state, to beat all the odds. There's 300 schools. At that point, there's probably more because there's a bunch of schools that consolidated. That is the story of high school basketball. And they go to Hinkle Fieldhouse to play the state championship game. The whole sit, the whole city, state shuts down on that night. A couple years ago, well, more like a few, like 2013, 2014. If you remember Brian McIntosh, he went to Northwestern. Uh, it, he went to Greensburg, which is another town that's really close to me. I'm like 10 minutes away from Greensburg. Two years in a row, they went to the state championship game. You could not eat in Greensburg the night of that game. The whole town was shut down. Surprised they had the lights on on the street lamps. It just matters more than anything else at that point in time. Hoosier hysteria is a real thing. Don't get it twisted. When basketball comes around, game over to everyone else. Yeah, no one cares anymore. We're in like the sectionals for football, which I don't know how that works. It's been like a month since the tournament started. No one cares anymore. Women's basketball's already started. Men's basketball's getting ready to start. Yeah, see ya. If you win, yeah, I mean, we'll have a, we'll have like a pep rally for you. But when you went, we won county. Not even like a state thing. We won a county tournament my freshman year of high school. We got a parade. Like, the fire trucks met us in town. We just went around the whole town. God, that was so fun. And, man, Milan, you need to look at Milan. If if you end up visiting Milan, one, the high school, they have the two banners there. I played in Milan. The two banners, I don't think anyone really understood what that meant. Those, like were some of the most intimidating things ever because they're huge and they're like old and dusty and they're in glass cases. And I'm like, oh man, that's, that's, that's the team there. And then there's also a museum they have. It's very, it's all cool. It's, if you have an opportunity to visit Milan, it's spelled like Milan. It's Milan here. It's also Milan in Michigan, I heard. So at least we're not alone in that, right? Um, go ahead and visit. It's very nice. And then 1955 Christmas Addicts Tigers. Already talked about them, but, you know, really brought uh, 
ended segregation, like started the movement to ending segregation in Indianapolis back in 1955. 2006 Lawrence North Wildcats, they had Greg Oden. They lost three games in two years or, yeah, three games in two years. Had Greg Oden and Mike Conley. Teams were really good. So then I go on and talk about the venues and, uh, I really just went with the top three largest ones. What I've already talked about this in my buck in my basketball bucket list, but Seymour, one of the top places, huge there. Uh, Seymour, fun fact, is where John Mellencamp was from. Also, fun fact, I am a very distant relative of John Mellencamp. So there's your uh, fun facts for today. If I haven't gave you some already. And then I talked about Anderson, which I've already talked about. The wigwam, it's coming back this year. It's so funny how I, here's how I found out about the wigwam coming back. I remember talking to someone about just venues in general. I remember my dad always talked about the wigwam and I always thought that it was for Anderson college. He goes, no, it's for the high school. So, and then I find out, well, it got uh, decommissioned and it's just empty. It's essentially, it was essentially just rotting there. Like there's pictures of it and there's just stuff all over the floor. But then I look up the wigwam because I wanted to see what the size was on it. And it's on Wikipedia. So I'm like, I was half skeptical, but it said, oh yeah, the wigwam's coming back in November, 2021. And I'm like, can, can I, can, can someone confirm this? And sure enough, I go on Indie star and there it is. And I was jumping for joy at that point. Man, that's going to be a really fun place to go to. I hope I get to go there in the near future. And then, of course, again, something I've already talked about on my bucket list episode. If you haven't listened to that, check that out. Newcastle. Right next door to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame is Newcastle Field, Trojan Fieldhouse. And when I say Fieldhouse, I mean Fieldhouse. It is the largest high school basketball venue in the nation. It was second. It was first for a long time. And then somewhere in Texas, they did it. And we're like, <laughs> stick the football, bud. And then we uh, expanded it. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's the largest again. There's something that um, I saw at the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame where it was like the top 15 um, venues in the country. This is from a while ago. Yeah. Um, I forget what date this is. So it's top 16. You have Indiana, Newcastle. I'm top USA high school gymnasiums by seating capacity. Indiana with Newcastle, Indiana, Anderson, Indiana, Seymour, Indiana, Richmond, Indiana, East Chicago, Indiana, Marion, Texas, Dallas, Indiana, Elkhart, Indiana, Michigan City, Indiana, Gary West, Indiana, Lafayette, Indiana, Southport, Indiana, Washington, Indiana, Columbus, Indiana, Kokomo, Indiana, Muncie. Tell me it doesn't matter here. Tell me that. I remember... There was at one point where uh, in my principal's and uh, sport management class, we had a couple people from the Atlanta Hawks zoom in. They were from ticket sales. And um, after they were done 
giving their speech and all that. Very interesting, by the way. Um, I want, there was like, who's going to ask questions? You know, I'm not into ticket sales. I'm more just want to get up to speed on like, I want to ask good interview questions and all that. So I always take the opportunity to ask interview, to interview people, even if it's something sort of like not what they want to be asked, I'm still going to ask it. Um, for a backstory, one of the guys who said that uh, he went to uh, Kansas for college, and like that's the basketball state, and uh, he's and um, you know that uh, sat with me for the entire speech, and I was like, I I gotta say something because I had a legit question, but I was like, I think his name was Matt, and I was like. Uh, First of all, uh, Matt, for um, someone who's played a uh, small school, high school basketball in Indiana, uh, Kansas comes nowhere close. And uh, I should, what I should say is, like, I'm personally offended you said that, but I said that um, can I said that Indiana is the state for basketball. And there's no debate on it. And my professor goes, "True." <laughs> so it was essentially like clowning on him. And then it was just, um, yeah, it's just like. Dude, I've played in the Hoosier gym where the movie Hoosiers was was filmed at. And I'm not like I've shot around there, which you can do. If you do visit the Hoosier gym, you can just shoot around there when you want. If the building is open, it's open. I said, but I played there like an actual game. And in the I tweeted something a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago. Uh, there was like an article that came out from Visit Indiana talking about um, all the places you should go for a bucket list and all that. And I said that playing in the Hoosier gym is by far the coolest thing I've ever done. I I haven't done a lot of cool things, but that's something cool that people will put on their list saying, man, I wish I could do that. And I'm just... I don't, how people even think. Some people say New York is the state for basketball because it's the Mecca. Madison Square Garden is the Mecca, okay? And by the way, no one good has been to Madison Square Garden since like 1995. Or like 99 was when they made the finals, but that was a weird year. So like 1996, let's go with that. No one has, no one good has played in there. Since that, since then, when Patrick Ewing was there, when he could like somewhat move because, you know, his knees were so bad. And then it was like, well, you know, um, it's Massachusetts because uh, that's where James Naismith created a game. One, James Naismith's Canadian and it's not a Canadian sport. But two, James Naismith once said that Indiana is the place for basketball. He called it the cradle of basketball because it was like the first place to take it seriously. Instead of just having it be for a bunch of kids at the random uh, at a random school saying like, "Hey, let's not play football today. <laughs> let's just play this game that I came up with." And then people go Kansas, and it's like, "Oh, you know, like Allen Fieldhouse, it's amazing." And then you know, uh, James Naismith coached at uh, Kansas. We had Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, one Wilt Chamberlain was almost like I think he went there for like track. 
He was like a tr- more of a track star and a basketball star at Kansas. He ended up being a bellhop in a hotel after playing at Kansas before getting signed by the Globetrotters. Two, with James Naismith. He's the only coach in uh, Kansas basketball history to have a losing record. Look that up. That's 100% true. I don't know how it's possible. You're the creator of the game, and the refs still won't give you a win. Just insane. And three, talking about Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, sure, it's on my bucket list, but try going to Assembly Hall, Mackey Arena. And then you got Hinkle Fieldhouse. What's that, by the way? Oh, it's only the most historic fieldhouse in the in the nation. Stop playing with me. Indiana. It's not a basketball state. It's the basketball state. How many movies have been made about teams in like New York or whatever? And it's called like the Gardens. No, wait, that's <laughs> the Garden stays in New Jersey. Anyway, Hoosiers the movie. It's called Hoosiers. It's not called uh, once in a lifetime. It's not called one shining moment or anything like that. It's called Hoosiers. Why? Because it represents the state so well. You got this team who's just, you know, literally ate nothing but corn their entire life. And they go down and take down the number one team in the history state. In the state of the, in the history of the state. And then, how many, seriously, if anyone can tell me if there's like an, if there's like an Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame or something like that, please tell me, because I have no idea. I can't find any. Indiana seems to be the only place that has a Hall of Fame just for the sport alone. All I know is that there's the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame in Springfield, Mass. Then... There's the College Basketball Hall of Fame in Kansas City. And then there's the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. I know other states, like, I know I've listened to Johnny Bench. for He was a catcher for the Reds. He talked before. He has stuff in the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. No one can tell me that Indiana is not the basketball state. And I I don't know how you can tell me, honestly. It makes no sense to me. There's a hundred people on this uh, Indiana basketball hall of fame on the top Indiana basketball players list. A hundred. And they're like legit ones too. Like the Zeller brothers are 96 and 97. Courtney Lee, 93. Jeff Teague, 88. Luke Herringote, 89. Do you remember Luke Herringote? Man, he's a beast at Notre Dame. Um, Josh McRoberts, 85. Brad Miller, East Noble, which that's like right around Trine. Bonzi Wells. Ken Barlow. Mike Woodson. Walter Jordan, Charles Stretch Murphy, Branch McCracken. He's one of the better coaches ever. 
Tom Abernathy, Bobby Slick Leonard, rest in peace. Winston Garland. Darius Garland was born in Fort Wayne. Jay Edwards. Just Alan Henderson, Calvert Chaney, Jared Jeffries. They're all IU guys. Dave Shellhouse. Bryce Drew. That's right. The Bryce Drew. The brother of Scott, who just won a championship with Baylor. But Bryce Drew, who played for Valparaiso and won that and hit that shot in the NCAA tournament. That Bryce Drew. Jerry Seasting. You have Eric Montross. He was good for a couple years in the NBA. James Blackman. Deshaun Thomas is number 34. Louis Dampier, who was like one of the better three-point shooters in the ABA. Billy Keller. Scott Skiles, who has the most assists in in an NBA game. Sean May. Mike Conley. Junior Bridgman. Dick Barnett. Marion Pierce. He's 21, and he's like second all-time in scoring. The Van Arsdales. Dick and Tom. Eric Gordon, Steve Alford, Der- Terry DeShinger, Kent Benson, Sean Kemp's number 11. He's just outside of the top 10 I mentioned. So, and there's other people where it's like, I wouldn't know who they are, but it's like, they're, and just, they're legends in their own area, and that's what matters. So in the end, just stop just give us the respect we deserve. Not only do we have great players, we have great coaches coming from here. Greg Popovich is from Indiana. Del Harris, he was a head coach for the Lakers before Phil Jackson came in. He's from Indiana. Uh, you got Ward Lambert, Tony Hankel. I don't know what that was. Something just happened above me. Just... I don't get it, man. I don't. Do not get it one bit. Just um, give us the respect we deserve. And, yeah, that's that's it. Indiana's the basketball state. There are some reasons why. If you want to learn more, go to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in Newcastle. Beautiful area. Newcastle's going through some construction right now, but it's fine. It's fine. It's uh, it kind of it's hurts for me to go through because that's right where I have to go to get home. Pretty much, there's no there's pretty much no other way. But um, yeah. So Indiana is the basketball state, and do not test me again because I will just have to bring out more information to school you. So that'll be it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening so much. Uh, finally done with the NBA 75th anniversary team. So now we're going to get back to normal content, more kind of like this where I just talk about just some things that I know and just keep talking for a while. So, um, yeah, I want to thank you for listening. Um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00. I will have updates for when just new episodes come out when I have another podcast, the Storms Trying Storm Star comes out. And also whenever I do broadcasts, I tweet out when I'm about to do that. So um yeah, just follow me on Twitter. We will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.
Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.